G'day, g'day everyone. It is Jack Cotton Brown, your favorite Australian podcaster. And this is the Dev90X podcast. Podcasting from day 47 now. So today is has been a really interesting and really good day. I've had the entire day to myself, free of distractions, completely free, didn't have anything complicated to organize, didn't have anyone to get back to that I needed to get back to. Um, and it has shown in the work. One thing that I noticed is that this morning I found it very easy and relaxing to get into a flow state uh, because I had the whole morning that I that I could use to work. And then I also had my lunchtime period and my afternoon to myself. Now it's almost 4 p.m. in the afternoon and I'm just finishing up my work day now, getting ready to go to the gym. And it has been a great one. I've got so much to talk about. <laughs> so progress update. I'm just going to go through a bit of a discussion on this. In the morning, I had a one-hour business call with Harry. Harry is now helping me. Uh, just to recap, I worked with Harry on the Resourceful project, which was the previous project that I worked on uh, for eight months. And in that one-hour business call with Harry, we discussed a lot of the businessy aspects of, of the app and of the concept. We talked about the target market, we are talking about community strategies, and we started mapping some of the communities that are interested in handstands as a, as a kind of form of practice, as a form of fitness practice. Um, and interestingly, there's, we also talked about some of the anti-communities or groups that are interested in the same things generally speaking, that our target communities are interested in, i.e. fitness, um, and even going as far as like movement practice and body weight fitness and control, um, but would not be interested in handstands. So there are definitely some communities such as like fitness communities, um, you know, sporting communities, adventure sports, ball sports, um, out outdoor sports, um, Body, uh, uh, sorry, bodybuilding and Olympic weightlifting. These are the kinds of people that would not at all be interested. Well, most likely not that interested in practicing handstands, but are still interested in the, in the overall kind of fitness thing. And so, the top level of the of the umbrella is it is people who are interested in fitness. That's the very very top level. And going off data in the US, that's about 64 million people, <laughs> which is surprisingly low, unfortunately. Um, but that's going off the data from Statista, Statista, uh, that about 19.3% of the population practice fitness on a daily or bi-daily, uh, I forget which one it was, um, cadence. So about 20% of the population. In the US. Um, so generally speaking, that's the top level umbrella. And then below that is specifically people who like practicing fitness but prefer to practice body weight oriented fitness. So it's it's things like yoga, it's things like 
flipping and tricking, dance, CrossFit, calisthenics, parkour, gymnastics, cheerleading, uh, acro yoga, Cirque, circus arts. Um, basically, that, that's basically it. That's basically all the communities that we were able to map out. And in this, there's quite, quite some good numbers just, just going off the USA market. So that, that was pretty good. It's, it's very encouraging to see that. You know, it's a, it's a substantial market size that could potentially be interested in downloading the Handstander app and getting involved in the Handstand community as well as their other fitness communities. We talked about the initial app features, um, what's important, what maybe it would be nice to have but not, not necessary. We talked about um, how to talk to our potential users and how to ask questions and how to understand and digest feedback um, as it's not always best to, it's like listen to, to your users, but don't listen to your users. <laughs> this is something I learned from doing product management in the previous startup is that designing what features are important is definitely not as straightforward as just listening to what people are requesting. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more strategy that, that has to go into it than that. And part of that strategy is like how expensive and difficult is it to build these features? Um, if it's super, super easy, then it's easy. You can just test. You can do A-B testing, split testing. Um, but yeah, there's a lot more to it. So we talked about that. Uh, we did identify some issues with the, with the app as it is right now, the demo app. And one of those is that the, the app uh, currently does not lock on to a dominant person in the frame. And it, it prefers that there's only one person. But if there are multiple people, then it can flicker from one to another um, in its detection. And this makes it, I mean, you can control this if you're the user and just, you know, set your phone up somewhere where there's not a lot of people around. Um, but it would be nice if it could lock on. And so that's, we, we talked about that. Um, and then we talked about the impact of cheating and the, the impact that that has on the game experience for others. I also mapped out some logic for the handstand judge. I'm calling it the handstand judge. And that is the final say in the app on what the vision model predicted. So you have, you have the video data that goes to Apple Vision Framework, which draws on a skeleton. The skeleton goes to handstand vision, which decides what the skeleton is doing. And then the handstand vision goes to the handstand judge. And that's the logic center of the brain, <laughs> which decides initially if it was just a handstand at all. So it's judging whether or not that was a legitimate handstand. And then further down the line, it'll also give some kind of, well, ideally, potentially, it could also give some kind of quality rating. Like that was average or that was good or that was outstanding um, that can also be performed by the judge and I realized in in this process of mapping out logic um, I haven't programmed in, in anything yet but I've I've created a new swift file for where the handstand judge will live and where the logic will live and started mapping it out and I realized that um, pretty much every sequence it's so it's it's not just one pose that determines or outputs a handstand. 
It's actually a sequence. Um, and every sequence begins with other and ends with other. So that's nice because when you open the app and you put your phone down, you set it all up, it's predicting other that whole time. You're standing up, you're crouching down, you put your phone somewhere, you know, you're in a crouch and then you stand up and then you walk back and then you, then you check the screen, you see if you're in the frame. All that time, you're in other. Um, and you can't really, <laughs> I mean, you can't really do this in it. You could, but most people are not going to do this in a handstand, which is, which is fine. That's, that's the intended use case of the app. So it goes from other, and then ideally, the next thing it sees is preparing to handstand. So entry, handstand entry. Then it sees handstand, then it sees exit, then it sees other. And now we know that a handstand happened because it went through the exact perfect sequence for finding a handstand. But there's all these other things that could also happen. There's all these different sequences. So you could be going from entering into a handstand back to other and then jump to handstand just in case, uh, you know, your entry was too slow and it kind of tweaked the model and it was like, you know, that's an entry. Oh, now it's other. Now it's handstand. And so that that could potentially cause a problem for it being a handstand. But of course, you could also just have it misinterpret a handstand. So for one example, one example of this is that when you set up the phone and you're really close to the camera and your body is pretty much completely like taking up the whole frame, for some reason, it is pretty certain that that's a handstand. <laughs> and that's just one of those obscurities of when you're training the model is that um, random things get predicted as, you know, as <laughs> like just things that you didn't expect happen. Um, and you, you just have to train, train in those edge cases. Um, and so one of the first things is that it could detect a handstand, then it goes to other. Um, and, and that's not a handstand. So yeah, building out this logic will definitely help in, in solving for those edge cases. And there are a lot of edge cases. Um, just scrolling Instagram, I'm finding more and more and more all the time. For example, uh, gymnastics rings. It's really easy to get yourself upside down in gymnastics ring with gymnastics rings. You can just kind of grab the rings and flip yourself upside down, and you don't even have to like do a muscle up to do it. Or even just a bar. You, you could you know grab a bar and kind of like swing yourself upside down, and now you're upside down. Um, and it, it's pretty hard to to say that that's not a handstand. Unless you're looking for the entry first, in which in, in which both of these cases it will it won't find the entry into a handstand. It'll just go from other to handstand. And so I, I really think the logic thing is going to work, <laughs> but I, it, it remains to be tested. And and that's a something that needs to be developed and programmed in now, uh, which will take some time to to really test it test it out. Moving on, next point is that I downloaded more data from Instagram and um, I've got another 40 videos to edit and sort now. So that's a good little chunk of video editing on my plate. Um, I continue to build the st model stress test data set. 
um, which is basically a data set that contains as many different edge cases, as many as different of the as many of the toughest edge cases that I can find. Um, for example, the rings thing, or you know, gymnastics flips, um, things like that. I'm not too concerned where the edge case is some kind of feat of strength, like or some kind of remarkable thing that is extremely difficult to do, which would be able to fool the model. I'm not too worried about those ones because there's, you know, if you're extremely talented with something and you're fooling the model to think that it's a handstand when actually just doing a handstand would be easier, then I'm not worried about those edge cases. It's those edge cases where it's actually a lot easier than doing the handstand. So I got more data, I got more stress test data. Uh, on the business side, I did some trend analysis for handstands in Google Trends to find which specific search term is the most popular out of like handstand or handstands or headstand or you know the yogic term. Um, uh, Sirvasana is for headstand. But you know, for example, what's the most popular search term? No surprise there, it's handstand. <laughs> but if you do, if you select yoga pose as the type of handstand, that's even more popular than just the search term by itself, which was good to know. Uh, and then I did some traffic analysis in Google Keywords, in Google Ad, sorry, AdWords Keyword Planner to see what, what kind of traffic data there, there is, what kind of advertising opportunities could be amiss a uh, if if it's not looked at and then and found out that that's really not a viable option because not many people are searching in, in Google about handstands uh, as it goes. Um, and the click through rate is really low and the cost per click is really high. So it's definitely not something that is viable, which is good to know. It's, it's always good to get those question marks ticked off. Uh, so now we know it's, that's not really a good, good direction. Then I did a compression test to see how much compression reduces the accuracy of the Apple's vision model. And uh, just to recap, that's the model that draws on the skeleton. So it takes in raw video data, finds people, and then draws their skeleton on them. And I was wondering, so this is, this is the, the model that determines the skeletons that go into the training data set to find out what the skeletons are doing. So the skeletons that train handstand vision. And if the data is really, really bad, say the quality is really bad, then Apple Vision won't be able to draw the skeleton accurately. And I was wondering at what point of compression does this make that process bad? Because using data from Instagram, it's already pre-compressed quite significantly. And in many cases, it's very obvious as well, like how much you know, how lossy their compression rate is. Um, and so I was, I was just wondering, like, how much is that affecting the quality of the training? Um, turns out not that much. Um, Apple's vision is really good at drawing skeletons on blurry images. <laughs> much, like, much to my surprise, to be honest. Uh, I really was not expecting it to be that good. But I did, a, I did a, an 80% compression, a 60% compression, 40%, 20%, 10%, 5%, and 1%. And, and 
I was surprised that it, you know, in one percent, it's the most blurry video ever because it's only got one percent of the data of the original video, and it's still drawing a skeleton. Definitely drops a lot of frames. Definitely flickers a fair bit, but you know, even that surprised me. So even at five percent, it, it seems to work almost as good as at a hundred percent. And I'm another question mark has been ticked off. Data compression or lossy compression does not affect the final result too much. So it's not really worth worrying about. You can quite easily just get more data and our final result will be better because of having more data rather than having higher quality images or higher quality videos. Next on the list, I tested out the competition proper this time. So my leading competitor for handstand tracking is an app called Handstand Quest. And you know what sounds pretty cool? It sounds pretty fun. It's a quest. Sounds like a game. It's got a little stick figure dude doing a handstand on the app icon. Looks fun, looks gamey. Um, and it's really not very good. It's not a good app, but it's well built. It's well designed, you know, modern UI and everything. And it's being maintained. The, the guy, I'm presuming it's just an indie developer, um, just put out a new release like a week ago. And so, and it's all monetized and everything. But I, <laughs> I don't think this app will ever take off. And the reason is because the tracking doesn't work. And the whole concept is that this is a tracking app. It, it tracks your progress, not even progress. It just tracks the duration that you spend in different exercises and you have to manually hit the start and stop button or you have to use your voice commands to activate the start and stop button and so I thought all right manually hitting the start and stop button who is going to do that no one is going to do that that is just way way too big of an ask but you know the voice activation maybe maybe and so I thought I would test it out and as it turns out, it does not work very well at all. When you test it in perfect conditions, it's all right. But as soon as, as, soon as you go in real conditions, in real world conditions, um, you know, there's, there's echo, there's wind, there's, there's background noise, there's, um, you know, there's a lot that can obscure your voice traveling through the air into the microphone and being accurately read. And it misses it a lot, and a lot, a lot, like maybe 40% of the time uh, from, my, from my initial test. Um, and so that's just, I don't know, it's, it's a no-go for me. If You're trying to track handstands, right? And so you go up into the handstand, you want to track them accurately. So you say start as soon as you kip up, as soon as you kick your legs up, you say start. And then when it doesn't catch it, it's really annoying. You immediately have to, you know, come out of your handstand, um, or try and say start, you know, while you're upside down, and uh, it just, yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't work very well. And so I thought that actually gave me this kind of realization that there's up until handstand, up until the computer vision concept of tracking handstands, there hasn't actually been an easy way to track handstands. The easiest way, aside from handstander, 
is to record yourself doing your handstands and to, you know, you can do video timestamps and you can see how long you would hold them for. But you wouldn't really bother unless you're trying to do some kind of PB or unless you're trying to, you know, post something to Instagram. And so there's no real reason or way for you to just generally track your progress over time. Uh, you, you would do snapshots and you, and you would just do subjective analysis. Like, I feel like I'm getting better or, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I'm able to, I feel stronger. Um, other people say that I'm getting better. And so, yeah, I'm getting better. But there's no, there's no real easy way to just get some data on that. Um, and so Handstander is, I suppose, the first concept that will make that easy. Where in Handstand Quest tried to do this or, or is trying to do this as well, but uh, it's not it's not working based on my tests. So that is pretty much it. Uh, Jack's hack for today. Flow state should be achieved once per day, ideally. And I achieved flow state today because I had an I, I allowed myself enough time to get into it. And it, the it's very noticeable. It's very noticeable. And a lot of other days I've had, I've, I've been, you know, meeting people or, you know, working for someone else. That's every Tuesday morning now. Or, you know, trying to schedule in a, a training session with my trainer. Um, and, you know, it's just been, it's just been very choppy. And so uh, it's been extremely nice to just have a full day where I just get into focused work mode and get a lot done feels great um so that's my hack for today flow state should be achieved once per day all right thanks for listening everyone day 47 i'll talk to you again tomorrow